Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. This has been a long time since I've put up an episode. In the two and a half years since I started the Bird Banter Podcast, I don't think I've gone two weeks between dropping an episode, but this time I have. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but the biggest one is I've been birding. It's been great to get out birding this migration season. Late migration in Washington has been terrific. We've had some great birds. Shorebirds have been the the superstars uh, with two fabulous shorebirds uh, having been seen in western Washington in recent weeks. Uh, The first of which I missed. I was moving from my condominium to my uh, new home and I just could not chase the little stint that was found in Snohomish County. It was there. I hoped it would stick a few days until I could get away, but it was gone. So I missed that as a lifer, ABA lifer, and of course a Washington first, but I did manage to get the white-rumped sandpiper. White-rumped sandpipers are not easy in Washington. They've been seen a few times, but I had not seen one. And a white-rumped sandpiper showed up at the Edmonds Marsh. The Edmonds Marsh is obviously on the west side of Washington. And unfortunately, it showed up at exactly the time two good birding buddies, Ken Brown and Bruce Labar and I, were headed east on a birding trip. And we're headed over Highway 12, and we're just uh, about to come down out of a, a high elevation place where we were looking for things like Williamson sapsucker, black-backed and three-toed woodpeckers. We got a great look at the Williamsons, and we're down at a place called Bear Canyon on Highway 12, almost to Yakima, when Bruce uh, decided that this was real. There was really a white rump sandpiper being seen at the Edmonds Marsh. Everyone was getting it. Everyone was getting it. And we were on the wrong side of the mountains. So we anguished for a little bit. And Bruce and I finally convinced Ken that, yes, we could do it. So we took off, headed for I-90, came across I-90, got to the Edmonds Marsh, and got the white rump sandpiper. Great looks. There were some other birders there. So we got terrific looks at the white rump sandpiper. And that was a, a state bird for all of us. And we were excited about that. It's about oh, maybe 2.33 in the afternoon by that time. And on I-5, the traffic is vicious. Going south through Seattle to get back to Tacoma, we thought we would just call off our east side trip. But, you know, it was, just wasn't worth it trying to drive all the way out there for that short a period of time. But being the uh, technophile that I am, I got on my Google Maps and saw that it was two hours to get the usual 50 or 55-minute drive from the Edmonds Marsh back to Tacoma. And it was only two hours to Ellensburg, the other side of the mountains. So we said, what the heck? We were all packed for a camping trip. We drove back over the mountain a third time for the day, got to Ellensburg, birded our way into Weenus, and finished our trip with great uh, great opportunities for flammulated owl and western screech owl and common poor will all calling at dark and camped out and finished our trip. So that was the second great shorebird. Uh, so that trip was one aspect of being busy. And then more recently, Ken and I, uh, mostly Ken, uh, with my encouragement, uh, put together an ABC Birding Club trip. The ABC Birding Club is our local Tacoma-based uh, birding club. ABC sounds a little ostentatious, but it stands for Advanced Birding Class. Uh, Ken taught the Advanced Birding Class for Tome Audubon Society for decades, and uh, many of us took it all the time, and he got sick of uh, not having it 
access for new students. So we formed a club, and, and that's how the name came, ABC for Advanced Birding Class. Uh, and uh, so we're the ABC Birding Club. And, of course, during the pandemic, we haven't been able to meet in person. And it's really a social club, birding club. And we really like our monthly in-person meetings. But on Zoom, they just were not cutting it. So we, we kind of uh, laid off and didn't, haven't really met for over a year and haven't had our field trips. Usually we have field trips with the club. Ken leads a lot of those. Some of the others of us lead one occasionally. And uh, so we hadn't gotten together, but uh, we decided to have an all-immunized three-car uh, northeast Washington trip uh, last week. And so we got together and three cars with eight people and piled with camping gear, got together and headed for the northeast corner of Washington. If you look at the northeast corner of Washington on bird range maps, look at the range map in Sibley or National Geo or whatever, for birds like catbird, uh, gray catbird, or uh, American redstart, or bobolink, or least flycatcher, uh, those are just a handful of birds that they're really the only dependable place in Washington for those is the northeast corner of the state, with the exception maybe of catbird that has a little bit bigger range. Northern Boreal Forest circles north of the Rocky Mountains and just has a finger that dips down into northeast Washington, really just a tiny part of the state, has a relative uh, northeast boreal feel to it with the avifauna. And so we go up there oh, every two or three years. We'll make a trip up. Uh, anyone who wants a big state year list pretty much has to go to that area to get things like northern water thrush and least flycatcher especially, but really a lot of great birds. Uh, so we were going up in that area. And the cool thing about this trip was birding with friends. That's the theme of my episode tonight, birding with friends. Friends and birding are special. Uh, birding alone is great. I am privileged as, a, as an adult white male. I can go birding alone with relative impunity. I, you know, yeah, everybody has to be a little bit careful. Uh, so unlike some other birders who might feel less comfortable being out alone in nature, I, I do. And I, I don't take that privilege for granted. It's, it is a privilege. And it's not what one normally thinks of the the most important white privilege of all, but but it certainly is a white male privilege to feel really comfortable in, in remote parts of nature alone. Uh, so our ABC Birding Club has a, a nice uh, variety of male and female members, probably more females than males, uh, and our trips generally are female-dominated. In other words, have a, more, a lot more women than men on them, and, and thinking about it, that's probably because it's a real safe way to get to these great places. But anyway, uh, this was four men and four women, and one of the men was barely. Uh, Jacob Miller uh, is 16 years old. Jacob came along on the trip and is was so much fun to have along. Jacob is a really good birder from Mason County. Jacob and Ken and I did a big day in Mason County a few weeks ago, and Ken uh, talked with Jason's mom and dad, and, and we agreed that he could come along on the trip with us. And it was so much fun having Jacob along, having young talent. It was great, obviously. He has terrific hearing and terrific uh, eyes, and he was just all over birds. And, got, and besides that, he hadn't been to any of these areas before, and he got 25 lifers on this trip. It was just wonderful, the excitement that brought to the trip. And it was really fun to see a burgeoning mentorship for Ken 
and Jacob. Ken is a really good birder. He and he's an and he's an excellent mentor. Ken has really been my mentor for over 30 years. Uh, besides being a really great friend, uh, he taught the ABC birding class that I took uh, repeatedly, uh, and uh, really learned a lot there. And we've been good birding friends. And he has brought me along as a birder. I've become relatively proficient, uh, uh, in large part thanks to having a great mentor like Ken. It was really fun to see that beginning or developing of a relationship with Ken and Jacob. Ken is such a uh, patient and yet fun and encouraging teacher. And although Jacob, we didn't have much to teach Jacob about bird identification, he is really good. But in terms of trip planning and learning habitat and learning uh, how to look for birds and how to get around, uh, I think, you know, anyone at 16 has a lot to learn. And uh, Ken is a great person to learn that from. So it was really fun to see the beginning of a really nice uh, relationship between mentor and uh, protege. I really thought that was fun to watch. I have been blessed in my career uh, not just as a birder, but as a physician to have terrific mentors. Becky Sullivan was my uh, primary mentor as a, as a physician. She was my residency director in residency, and she was uh, one of my partners in private practice when I joined uh, the pr group uh, South, South Hill and then Sound Family Medicine in Puyallup, Washington. And Becky and I sat beside each other at work, at our workstation, and I just learned so much from her, just watching how she saw patients, watching how she managed the business, and I learned to manage the business with her, uh, watching how she managed time and managed staff, and uh, managed her you know, spare time and having a good life besides with her kids. Uh, and so I just learned a lot about parenting and a lot about being a doctor and a lot about just being a good person from Becky. And her husband, Al, was a terrific mentor in terms of you know financial stewardship and investing and just, you know, taking good care of your family. Uh, so I really uh, had a lot of respect for them. And just I recognized early on that having a mentor is a fabulous thing. And, and it's not like you can just go out and say, hey, will you be my mentor? No, it has to happen organically to be real. Uh, and it's really fun uh, to see how uh, Ken and Jacob seem to be, you know, developing that relationship. I think that's going to really be a huge plus for both of them. Having a, having a protege, someone that you're mentoring, adds energy and enthusiasm and excitement to your life. And obviously having a, a great mentor uh, is such a blessing. So I'm, it was so much fun to see that. That's another good, cool thing about birding with friends. Uh, but we had so much fun on this trip. It was a trip where besides getting great birds, uh, we had a lot of fun. It was three nights camping uh, and one night in a hotel, two nights camping, a night to get some good sleep and get cleaned up in a hotel, and then another night camping before we came home. And by the, sec by the third night, we were ready. It, it rained the first night, so our gear was wet, and it was, you know, less than completely comfortable. The second night, it was a little cold. And uh, so by the third night, we really slept well. It was really good. And you going out to dinner together and, you know, and just chatting each other up at most of the birding stops was really fun. I am kind of an impatient guy at times uh, and get frustrated with groups. Sometimes it just takes too long to get in and out of the cars. It takes too long to get people on the birds. There's too much chatting and talking going on. I can be a little intense. Uh, but I have to say, it was really fun to be out with a group of friends and birding. Uh, so birding with friends is really a cool thing, and I'm so glad that I was able to get immunized and uh, feel really comfortable getting out with friends this time birding. 
Well, I have no intention of making this episode simply a, a trip report. I write up a trip report for ABC Birding Site. If you want to see a trip report, go check it out there. I'll put a link in the podcast notes. But I do want to talk a little bit about the birding we went to. As I mentioned before, the northeast corner is a place to find specialties of the boreal forest. And before we got there, it's a long drive to get out there, so we made some stops on the way. First stop on the way was at the Ginkgo Petrified Forest Park, uh, the, the, I think it's a state park uh, near Vantage. And we stopped there because the day before, there had been a black-throated sparrow scene. And it was going to be a li- uh, first-of-the-year bird for almost all the people on the trip. It's definitely uh, a lifer for Jacob. And we stopped there and got the bird right away. Really slick. This is a cool-looking sparrow. If you don't know black-throated sparrow, check it out in one of your bird guides. It is a crisp, beautiful sparrow. Black bib, a nice white eyeliner on the black in the face and throat. Just a gorgeous bird. I think one of the crisper, sharper-looking sparrows we see. And it was great to see it singing and just just really slick, good looks. Uh, and so that was lifer number one for the trip for Jacob. And off we went. Uh, and from there, we headed on to Moses Lake, where we got a couple more lifers for Jacob, Forrester's Turn and uh, Clark's Grebe, uh, which were right at the uh, park there on Moses Lake, where we stopped. And it was a really nice little stop. Uh, from there, we headed to Sprague Lake. Sprague Lake is a fairly long lake that straddles two counties, Adams County and Lincoln County. Uh, and uh, we made first stops, I think, in Lincoln County, where we got just a lot of birds just from a roadside stop. Got 40-some species, including more lifers for Jacob, eastern kingbird, gray catbird, and a nice variety of birds, black terns, uh, a nice variety of ducks and waterfowl, white pelicans, just a really nice stop. And then we down to the Adams County boat ramp where we got first of the year and hard to get lately in Washington black black crown night herons two of them flying all the way across the lake got really good looks at them along with just a good variety of birds there too uh, so had a couple of nice stops before we headed off I believe we stopped for lunch right around there and then we headed off uh, for the northeast corner uh, on the way, we stopped at Hafer Road, got clay-colored sparrow, a really tough species in Washington, and uh, got that really nice looks at a pair on territory singing really good, uh, and headed for the campground. We stopped for dinner, had a little frustrating to our dinner stop, the service was really slow, uh, but we got to the campground just before dark and got Tense pitch, just in time to really crawl in bed and go to sleep. Been a really long day. Uh, but Viries were serenading us from the from the creek side there, and red-eyed vireos were singing still. It was a nice little serenade for bedtime. And ruffed grouse were just drumming, at least a couple of pair drumming right nearby. So got to be serenaded our way to sleep by ruffed grouse and woke up the next morning uh, to being a little wet, kind of rained a little bit through the night. We were a little damp. My sleeping bag got up against the side of the tent and wicked in a little water so my feet were wet. And and we got up and kind of warmed up. And Ken's making some coffee, makes cowboy coffee, you know, campground coffee, whatever he calls it, where he just boils some coffee in water and lets the ground settle and pours the coffee out the top. I always grab a little hot water, like instant oatmeal for my breakfast when I'm camping, something a little warm in the morning goes pretty well. And uh, while we're uh, getting a camp broken and that, Jacob hears something singing way the heck out across the meadow. And I really, I don't think any of the rest of us heard it at all. He goes wandering over 100 or two yards, maybe a little more, and get waves to us to look up. There's a 
an American Red Star singing from the top of some uh, beer branches on a, on a bush on the far side of this big meadow. We all get a look at American Red Star, and it flies around and gets a little closer, and we hear it singing too. And that was fun to get American Red Star, first of the year bird for most of the people on the trip. I, I was really lucky this year. Right here in Pierce County, a black-throated sparrow was found by Marcus and Heather and Wayne out on JBLM, and I got to see that as a first of the year and first Pierce County ever bird. And I had American Red start at the place that's been the last two or three years, uh, right near the Puyallup River. So they weren't first of the year birds for me, but they were for most of the people on the trip, and they are good birds anywhere in Washington. Great species. Uh, Pierce County's kind of rocked it early this year with some really great finds. We had uh, Winter Wren, uh, first state record right in Pierce County. We had the Black Throated Sparrow. At, had a blue jay early in the year. So we've had some really good birds already this year, right in my home county. Back to the trip, uh, we broke camp and uh, birded for two, three hours around the campsite, got just, you know, really good uh, variety of birds of the area. Then went over to headquarters where we picked up two first-of-the-year hummingbirds, black chitined and calliope hummingbirds right around the headquarters. Had a western bluebird there, and just a good variety of birds there too. Uh, before we took a loop around the, the auto loop of the Little Ponderay National Wildlife Refuge. It has a nice auto loop. It's several miles long. And we uh, stopped for lunch uh, near a trailhead there. And sure enough, right while we're uh, looking around, uh, we spot a goshawk flying, kind of circling overhead. It was getting up and stretching, I think, midday. And it was really nice to get good looks at a goshawk as an, an adult bird, you know, that fine gray under understriping, uh, underbanding on the bottom. It's just really, really slick bird. And while we're ogling this uh, goshawk, a woodpecker flies right in front of us. And most of us don't take our eyes off the goshawk, kind of, oh, it's just a woodpecker. And Jake, of course, gets right on it. White-headed woodpecker yells out. And none of the rest of us got it. So it was a, another Jacob-only bird for the trip, white-headed woodpecker, which was a lifer for him. Uh, and one we tried throughout the trip, really, a bunch of places and never could recover. So uh, Jacob had one on us there. We spent the rest of the afternoon there and headed off late in the afternoon to Amazon Marsh, which is a, a really cool little wetland area not too far away, and uh, roasted up a, a northern water thrush there. Northern water thrush is yet one more uh, really good northeast corner bird that's hard, very hard to get other places in the state. Lately, one of them's been wintering at the Skagit uh, National Wildlife Refuge uh, and People have managed to pick it up there sometimes in the winter, often heard and sometimes seen. But it's really a tough bird in Washington State, and it's, this is the dependable place to get it. It's way up in the northeast corner. So got great looks at singing northern water thrushes there. We saw a handful of them throughout the next couple of days on the trip, but that was great. And from there, we took off to our second campsite. We camped the second night at one of my favorite campgrounds in, in eastern Washington, the Big Meadow Campground. It's a really cool place. It's got a really shallow, great big lake that often you can see moose mucking around in. We didn't get moose this year, but we did get to hear and see lots of Wilson snipe, you know, doing the little... Uh, call that they make uh, and uh, winnowing up overhead. A very, uh, very uh, vocal Wilson snipe all over the place. Common loons were yodeling through the night as we camped out. And we spent 
quite a bit of time walking around there. The first night we took a hike that was a little longer and more difficult than we had remembered, largely because there are a lot of trees blown down. There hasn't been a whole lot of work done on the camps, uh, campsite trails, but about a two and a half mile hike around this big bog, uh, listening to the snipe and, and uh, you know, picking up a few birds here and there. But we're really looking for three-toed and blackback woodpeckers, kind of specialties for that area that we've had good luck in the past, but not this time. We could not find them then. And we couldn't find them the next morning on a, on a nice walk in the other direction either. Although we did see more catbirds and more more red stars. So it was a, a good place to bird, had some good birding, but not the woodpeckers we were hoping for. We spent a night in a hotel after this. Boy, it was well well deserved a night in a hotel. We uh, stayed at this really nice river, I think it was Riverview Hotel in in Ione, Washington. Ione seems like a, a town with too many vowels and not enough consonants. Consonants. I O N E. Ione, Washington. But a really delightful little hotel. So I think it has eight or twelve rooms. Not very many. Kind of made reservations, so we had a nice room there and just a, a comfortable bed and a dry place to sleep. And boy, we crashed. Uh, woke up the next morning and headed for maybe my favorite stop of the whole trip. Uh, it was Bunchgrass Meadows. I had not been there before, and uh, Ken had decided to take us up there this trip. Instead of going to Salmo Pass, where we typically look for a boreal species, boreal chickadee, if we stay, we sometimes camp out there and, and look for boreal owl. We didn't have a chance to do that this trip, uh, but really high elevation species, and it, it's a fun place to be. But Bunchgrass Meadows was really cool. That's I think over 5,000 feet elevation, maybe close to 6,000 at the peak. And just after you take this 10 mile dirt road up up into into Bunchgrass Meadows, head back downhill on the other side and come to this big, big wet meadow. I was lucky I brought some boots so I could walk around more comfortably than maybe some of the other people could. Uh, but the highlights there didn't require boots. There were white-winged crossbills just all over the place. Big flocks of white-winged crossbills, maybe a hundred or more birds in a one or two of the flocks. It was hard to tell if it was one flock of a hundred or so birds that broke up and we saw in different breakup species, flocks of 30 or 40 birds, uh, and saw two or three times. I think we said we saw 100 birds, but it could have been a lot more than that. White-winged crossbills are really cool. They're hard birds to find in Washington, really, I think, hard birds to find a lot of places, uh, and got to really hear them really well. Uh, it was quiet up there, and uh, got to see and hear big flocks of white-winged crossbills and lots of red crossbills to compare them to. So that was really a highlight for me. Got good looks at boreal chickadee, uh, and just had a really nice time up there. Stopped and climbed back in the cars for a little bit for a hailstorm that blew through. Uh, the weather all weekend was a little, just a little unsettled. It would drizzle now and then, a little, little front would go through with some water, uh, but mostly decent weather, cool, but, but overall pretty decent. And we had a great time at uh, Bunchgrass Meadows. Our last camp out of the trip was at the Kettle Falls Campground. It's really a a fishing place, a place where people go to fish on Lake Roosevelt. And we uh, sort of didn't quite gather that one, planned a camp there. And the early bird fishermen out at 4 a.m. with their outboard motors roaring up and down the river, uh, the really lake uh, reservoir, were a little bit annoying. But the birding wasn't bad at all. We got out in the evening, uh, got a nice walk around the marina area into a little point out beyond the marina where Jacob found a lark sparrow and least flycat. Another least flycatcher. We were kind of shocked at that. It really wasn't in alder at all. So we were pleased to 
get that again and some really nice looks the next morning at that bird uh, before we headed off for home and a couple of stops here and there. On the way home, we got Ferruginous Hawk, which was really nice. There's a, a spot we can uh, find that on a nest that's uh, really fairly close to the road. So we got some excellent looks at Ferruginous Hawk, another life for, for Jacob, and, and just birded a little bit on the way home. So I had a great trip. Well, thanks for listening to me ramble on about birding with friends. Uh, I want to encourage any listener who has someone they'd like to have on as a guest on the podcast. They'd like to hear their birding story, like to hear what they're doing. Reach out to me, leave a comment on the podcast notes or go to birdbander.com website. There's a contact page there. You can uh, send me an email and let me know who you'd like to hear from. I love to hear suggestions. Some of my best guests have been suggestions from listeners or other other guests who have friends or other people they'd like to have on as uh, someone they'd like to hear from. So I'd love to hear who would you like to hear on the Bird Banner podcast in future episodes. Love to have guests on, and that is one of the challenges I face is reaching out to people to be my guests on the podcast. I'm enjoying hearing your stories, and let me know who you'd like to hear or if you think you'd like to be on the podcast, reach out to me, let me know. Thanks for listening. Until next time, good birding. Good day. <laughs>